This is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his trusty junior assistant, Mr. Luna. Santa Clara 911. What's the address of the emergency? Exactly what happened? Um, I don't know. There's a lady laying out here on the sidewalk. Okay, bleeding. Hey, Luna. Hi. Hi, Upper. Did you hear me? Sorry, my voice cut out there for a second. I thought maybe you were crying in the back of my throat. Hey, let's start. Let's start that over. Hi, Luna. (laughs) Hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, I heard a lot of people talk about being afraid to try out the Dark Calls show on Patreon. Oh. So I thought we would just maybe set some mindset ease a little. It, it, let me ask you, if you had to say on a scale of hot peppers, let's say from the bell pepper, so basically zero, to the Carolina Reaper pepper, which we'll call that 10. Yeah. Where would you rate the darkness of the Dark Calls? Oh, to, well, to to be honest, I guess it's – these calls are pretty bad. The ones that people are hearing publicly are pretty bad. Like when you go back to those drowning episodes, the drowning specials yeah. like you said they were, <laughs> like those, those should have <laughs> right. been dark calls. Um, I'd yeah. say we're talking jalapenos to jalapenos. There's really no difference. They're, okay. All right. So Okay. So, so – Except maybe we were a little looser on the dark calls. Maybe we're a little looser on the dark calls. Uh, if you can imagine that, um, I, I will say this: I, I, I'd rate them probably about a six. If nine one one calls podcast, which is obviously a family show, if it's a four on the level of intensity and unmitigated gore, I'd put dark calls at a solid six. It's not like you know dark web people put in blenders and stuff, but it's a bit much maybe for the van ride to the craft store with the kids i'd say maybe mm-hmm. unless your kids have been to jail then i'd say it's right up their alley yeah and speaking of right up their alley there's none of that either there's no child like sex stuff or any of that kind of thing on oh no on the dark calls because uh, that's what somebody asked me that before they're like so is it like you know really nasty child kid stuff and and just beheadings and and whatever else and no it's pretty much it's pretty much the same yeah, I, I, will, I can just tell tell you right now. Like, even if I come across a call that that is uh, a, like a rape in progress or or something like that, or or right. there's audible harm to a child, I, I would never. I would just wouldn't use it. it would, it's not entertainment. You know, the, there are certain things that just don't don't fit the bucket ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, one more thing I'll say. I think <laughs> fit the that bucket. what's with the? Yeah, I know. I just there's so many traps yeah. here. I take back the right up the alley statement, too. Maybe you can erase all that somehow. (laughs) I'm keeping it. But uh, here's the litmus test. If you could hang with the drowning special, the woman that drowned in the car, if you survived, then you're you're fine for dark calls. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. If you climbed out the window, you're fine. Yeah. 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 I'd say so for sure. Like if if you could handle that episode and walk away from it, then you're fine with the dark calls. So- you, do you do you have a do you have a call? I do, but just wanted to talk something really quick <laughs> about Patreon. You know what blows my mind? Do you remember what we said we might get to when we opened up the thirteen dollars tier? Like, do you remember the numbers that we told? Yeah, yeah. 
I th- I thought I was I was optimistic and full of myself. I think I thought a hundred. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, I'm coming in at thirty, and yeah. I thought, you know, thirty people at all times, some really hardcore. You know, people that love what we're doing, you know, mm. that they'll just, you know, we'll max out at 30 people at $13. Dude, 516 people at mm-hmm. the time of this recording on the $13 and 1100 at the best $5 tier level. I am not pitching it. I am literally saying every time. You're just bragging. Yeah. No, I'm amazed. It, it, fr- it freaks me out. I don't know if it freaks you out, but every time I see somebody new add to Patreon, which is quite often I get kind of scared. <laughs> like yeah. they're gonna figure us out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you it's know? up there. But there's a lot going on at Patreon. I, I guess this is a big pitch for Patreon here. Not that Sorry. we don't have enough yeah. happening over there right now, but no, there is there is a lot of stuff over there, and we try to make it make it worth everybody's while. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Enough enough of that. Sorry, that was Good a big Lord. gratuitous. Maybe. Okay, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Hey. Uh, Hey, Luna, what do you call an Indian? What do I call an Indian? Yeah, what do you call an Indian? What's with the setups today, man? (laughs) So, okay, you're talking about uh, in Canada. Okay, an Indian is from India. In Canada, um, you know, you you can't call Aboriginal peoples Indians. um, But Christopher Columbus did when he came over because he thought he was in India, right? Right. And You're not answering the question. (laughs) What do I call an Indian? Yeah, like what do you call an Indian? I don't like the question. Um, I call them over to my place for curry. There you go. If we're wanting to stay completely in the politically correct area, everyone in the world says Indian for somebody from India. Right. There's a caveat, though, for people in the North American continent. We say American Indian when we want to define a Native American, someone that's native to this land. I believe in Canada, you guys even say First Nations. Is no, that right? Well, we'd say I'm really up on this because I've worked with this, oh, all kinds of populations well, in social work. But the <laughs> indigenous peoples or aboriginal peoples, because if you say First Nations, that leaves out uh, Cree and Inuit. I believe. Oh, so but really, uh, yeah, ab- Aboriginal peoples. Aboriginal peoples are Indigenous peoples. Don't call them that. It's interesting. Yeah, because in the Google that I did, it was like sometimes Indians don't mind being called Indians. Well, the local hockey team here is called the Natives, which is crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> crazy at this point to me. Yeah. It all depends on wh- what you're saying. I don't know why I'm fumbling over this. Like. It, it depends on how you're saying things. It's all about intent, right? It just so happens there's a lot of ignorant people out there who – usually if there's an F-bomb drop before you say a word, before you say something like – Yeah, then it's bad. A fucking native guy was in my backyard right. and pretty sure he was trying to steal my lawnmower. That, that's a little racist, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but if you're like, oh, you know that native guy down the block? He, you know – He stole my lawnmower. He stole my lawnmower? <laughs> <laughs> then, that's, then that's not – um, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, there are a lot of people out there that are just really excited to hear. To, they're just kind of waiting for someone to say some hot button word so they can kind of jump on it. Like, you know, we just, I think we just renamed Lando Lake's Butter logo from a actual very respectful uh, American Indian to just get rid of her because because there's a picture of her on there, you know. Yeah, they're terrified. It's funny because the the aboriginal people that I know, none of them, they they make fun of each other all the time. They'll make fun of me, call me pink toe and stuff. In, in real life, people don't care as long as you're showing respect to one another, right? But on the internet, right. it's usually white people who get down other white people's throats about this kind of stuff and and the uh whoever's being spoken about, whatever race or whatever culture, are on the sidelines like, "Hey, you know what?" 
shut up. Two white people arguing about how we feel about stuff. We're right here. You know, it's weird. It's strange. I think a lot of people do it just to feel good about themselves, like to say, well, you're that, but I'm not that, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't think, yes, I I, I agree. I I don't think it's where we wanted to go with this, uh, probably the way. No, no. No, but it's fun. We're having fun. It's walking on a friggin' tightrope here with alligators all around our feet. It's, it's the intent, the level of respect or the intent. Absolutely. Anyway, so. It's well, intent. Okay. Intent. All right. And I wanted to kind of preface that because there are a lot of people from India in this episode. So I wanted to just cover that ground because was, I was curious and I don't see race. I ju- oh, you don't see race. You just see color. Yeah. Yeah. I just see skin color. I used to work with a lot of Indian uh, women and Jamaicans and the food, man. I always thought I was going to marry a woman from India, but didn't work out i just got a white irish chick and it's just potatoes Mm. she's actually a really good cook but anyways i'm gonna get in trouble i was just always happy to think about marrying a lady (laughs) (laughs) right yeah so yeah (laughs) all right um hey okay so speaking of people from india did you know that the name a woman keeps after marriage could be influenced by her religion or geographic location or even like the traditions of the area? No. Sometimes the woman, like after marriage, takes on the husband's last name like we do here in the West. Sometimes, though, his last name becomes her middle name. And sometimes women take her father's first name as her maiden name. And a lot of it has to do with locale. So all of these things vary based on where they're from. And once again, Googled it to see, because as I was doing research on this, I saw so many different last names, but they were all quote unquote family. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how does this work? Like, how does it work? And so I Googled it a bunch. And the main answer that I got was, I don't know, ask them. That doesn't help because I can't ask any of these people. (laughs) For certain reasons. (laughs) Anyway, there are a lot of last names in today's case, but they're all family. So uh, (laughs) either through marriage or biology. So just want to set that one up too. I'm kind of scared to do this episode. I'm I'm terrified. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. It's this. It's it's first time stepping out into India, and I feel really like unprepared. I, just, I had to throw in that I had a crush on Indian women just so I didn't seem like a racist out of nowhere. There, you know, you got to keep that part in. Yeah, it's the truth too. But oh, it's staying. But then I'm just talking about what they cooked, right? It's like, oh, of course, you just like a woman for a cooking, right? But yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't win. You're gonna yeah. get blasted. Uh, it's yeah. gonna happen. Ah, oh, man. Ah, well. All right. Well, okay. Today we're going to listen to a call involving a whole Indian family, people from India. So let's just jump in and then we'll banter for an incessant amount of time afterward, maybe. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, me neither. Okay, let's hear it. All right. You ready for me to hit play? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Santa Clara, 911. What's the address of the emergency? Um, exactly what happened. Um, I don't know. There's a lady laying out here on the sidewalk. Okay. And bleeding. Okay. Are you with the lady now? Yes, yeah, she's right here. Okay, hold on one second here. Let me write what you're saying, okay? okay Advertise it. Okay, yes, stay with me. Stay with me. Okay. Yes, stay with me. Okay, and so how old is the lady? Um, I don't know. She's my neighbor. She just moved in like two days ago. She looks like she's probably in her, her uh, early 30s. Okay. And is she Is she awake? Is she breathing? Is she breathing? Yeah, she's breathing. Okay. But it looks like she's going in and out of All right, hold on now. Stay with me, babe. Stay with me. Are you okay? Come on. Stay with me. What happened? 
what what she say happened? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, is she completely alert? No, kind of. No. She's oh. looking at me. She's looking at yeah, you. It's okay. It's okay. okay. All right. Get the ambulance coming? Yeah, we're gonna get the ambulance started right now. Hold okay. on for me. Do not hang up, okay? I won't hang so up. So we're coming right in front of. Yeah. Correct? No, okay. Don't hang up. We're gonna help her, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah. No problem. Together we're gonna do this, okay? And I'm gonna help you do that. Where's she bleeding from? Um, I don't know. It's on her arms. Okay. Um, on under her arm. I don't know exactly where it's coming from. Okay. Paramedics are on the way, okay? So. Okay. Hold on one second here. Hang in there, Ben. Hang in there. I don't know. I just. Everyone, they're coming. It's 911. Can you check if her baby's in there? She's got a four and a half year old. She lives right here. Okay, so hold on. Right here. Yes. She just moved in. Okay, thanks. Is your baby home? Okay, so, okay, what we're going to do is I want you to... She said her husband shot everybody. Her husband shot everybody? She said. Okay. She's right here. This is my daughter. It's the doctor. Uh, her husband shot everybody. That's what the lady thinks. Hurry up. Okay, I'll go out with her. Hold on. Okay, are you okay here? She's still here. Come on, it's okay. They're coming, okay? They're coming. Mm. Is the baby okay? Mm. No. Mm. Where did your husband go? Mm. You don't know? Did he leave? Or did he shoot himself? Mm. Hello, come on. Come on, stay with me. Mm. Where's your husband? Where's your husband? Mm. Where's your husband? Do <laughs> you know? Okay, okay, hold on for a second. So give me the address of the, where the woman lives, okay? 4350 Heaton Way. Okay, 4350. Hold on one second, okay? You're doing a great job. Hold on one second, okay? This lady's still here. Come on, are you still here? Come on, hang in there. Hang in there. They're coming. They're coming, okay? Okay. All right. They're coming. Yeah, that's the exact house. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, no, Farley, wait. Come on, they're coming. Hang in there, okay? Hang in there. Come on. You can do it. I They're coming. Okay, yeah, everybody's coming. Okay, so this lady is shot in the arm, correct? Well, I'm going in the pathway here. Okay. All right. And where is her husband now? I don't know, and she's not answering. Okay. The woman's not answering? Like she's not responding to you? or She's not responding. She's still here. She's still with me. Okay, good. Okay. Now, you're saying she's only been shot in one place in the arm? I, I don't know. Okay. It's been what? All down the side of her? Okay. All right. Looks like okay. in the chest. Okay. She got shot in the chest? She doesn't know where her husband is. Everywhere. Okay. 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 Yeah. Crazy. When the when the dispatcher said her husband shot everyone, it reminded me of the dispatcher that said he tore her face off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was right there. It was that same kind of like what? Like, yeah, killed the whole family, shot him up. Go ahead. So there's actually another part to this call, but I'll give you a little backstory first. Okay. Actually, you know what? Before I do that, I'm going to share a joke that you can tell with people in any company that seems really awkward. Yeah, but it works. Oh, good. I hope it has. I hope it's racial. Uh, I got one for you too. When we, when you're done, it seems racial. Cool. But that's what's funny about it. Okay. All right. So, okay, here we go. What do you call a black airline pilot? <laughs> I don't know. 
an airline pilot. <laughs> You're racist, right? You suck. All right. What do you call an Indian man who's been everywhere and done everything? I don't know. What would his name be? Binder Dundat. <laughs> I don't know if that's racist. That's from the movie Fubar. All right. I love. So now let's hear about this whole family got murdered by the by the father. Now that we've got the jokes out of the way, could this be it? Could this be the end? Are you thinking that in your head too? A little bit. <laughs> like this could be the end. No, I think we're fine. Everyone knows we love everybody. We hug everyone. Okay. Yes. So okay, the person that you heard on the phone call was Santa Clara, California resident Cheryl Abate. Abate? Cheryl Abate. Mm. It was a Sunday evening in March of 2009, and she was at her home across the street from their new neighbors, Devin Kalathat, who was a web analytics engineer at Yahoo, and his wife, Abba Apu, and their two young children, Akil, age 11, and Nega, age 4. Oof, careful. I see you looking at me. I don't know. <laughs> N-E-G-H-A. Okay. Man, this is a hard one. Ugh. I feel like I'm, I'm walking down one of those aisles where everyone's swords are pointed at you, you know? Just pretend that there's children who got shot in this call. Okay. Okay. So we're going to rewind uh, just a little bit to give some of the backstory. A year prior to this evening, police actually responded to another call from Abba Apu. It was July 2008, and she was in a park in Sunnyvale, California. She called to let the authorities know that her husband had taken away her passport and all of her other identifying documentation. Mm -hmm. This was associated with abuse from her husband that she had been experiencing for some time. He was very possessive, very chauvinistic, or maybe a more traditional term to describe this type of Indian couple dynamic might be patriarchal. But in Western culture, it would be considered pretty much just abuse to lord such control over one's wife. I'm definitely. familiar. Yeah, I'm familiar with the issue. We won't go into this too, yeah. though. We'll keep moving here. Right. It's a mire. I will just say this. There are a lot of organizations in India that are set up to fight this type of Perfect. Uh, Educate people and all that situation. Stuff. Yeah, I bet. There you go. Yes. All right. So the police reportedly resolved that incident, and there wasn't a report written or any action taken against Devin. Pretty indicative that the situation was resolved. Otherwise, a report would have been written by the responding officers because it alluded to abuse. Mm -hmm. Now, Abba Apu, she was a U.S. citizen at the time, but many people of foreign places who gain citizenship don't know that one – it's actually illegal for someone else to take or retain your passport for any reason. And two, she was qualified to get a replacement anytime she wanted. But as is reported by a lot of organizations that deal with this kind of stuff that are set up to defend and protect Indian women from improper treatment at the hands of their husbands and or families, it's not well known. And so the women just ends up feeling trapped in her situation often. Hmm. So the reason stealing her passport was significant was that she had much of her family still overseas and taking her passport would indicate to her that she was powerless to see them anymore. So it's a myth, but believable by many people who are in an abusive situation. Yeah. Abu described her husband as a perfectionist. If he had a hair out of place, he was worried. If he got sick, it became all-consuming, something that controlled all aspects of his day and those around him. 
otherwise, she said that their marriage, which was an arranged marriage in their home country, was acceptable for the most part. They moved to the U.S. that same year they got married back in 1995, and they'd been here ever since. Devin was definitely possessive, though and had bouts of controlling behavior, or at the very least, exhibited a lot of decision-making that often disregarded Abu's opinions or her feelings at all. Case in point, Devin let her know only a few days prior to their move from Sunnyvale to Santa Clara, which isn't a far move, but he gave her no forewarning of the plans he had already set in motion. So, hmm. Yeah, I know that was a big mouthful there for you, man. Um, and you have more call to play here, right? Yeah, there's obviously a lot of pressure in these. The, there was this kind of dynamic with these families, which you know, I've I've been around. I just got to keep on saying, I've been around a lot of different cultures, man. Yeah, I got a lot of friends that are <laughs> just to be clear, multicultured. I got a lot of friends, all different colors, all different cultures, love all different all. sexualities. Love is love. I'm just a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Nothing I could ever say could be offensive because of that fact. Exactly. But um, <laughs> the. Um, dynamic of having this father the the patriarch like you're saying the the amount not only does it affect the the wife and the children in a negative fashion but it also it's it's a lot of pressure on a man to be the quarterback on every play that happens and be in complete control over 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 everything i'm sure that there for some men they can't handle it and some there's there's a, a real breaking point yeah. especially when you bring that over into the united states and you're seeing other families behave in a different way it must cause so much tension in a family say your kids are going and visiting another american family or canadian family or whatever and they see how that they're behaving with one another and everybody's treating each other like equals and whatever, right? And then they come back home and they see this. There must be so many opportunities once a family that comes over, comes out of their culture into a, into a different world like this where there's arguments and things yeah. going on, right? And disagreements. Yes. It must really, you know, and I never really put two and two together until you were just saying that. But I was thinking about all of the people from various countries that move here. And the comment is often made about people from foreign cultures that move here that aren't necessarily Western, that they don't assimilate, that they, they come over here and they just become kind of siloed people and cultures in small pockets here and there. And what you're saying, though, yeah. makes a lot of sense because they would come over here and see see life being lived so differently than what they grew up with or were used to or anything, that, that the level of discomfort with that probably outweighs the appeal of the uh, amber waves of grain, you know, to a certain degree. Sure. And it's obviously, we're not saying that every family would probably feel the same way. I'm sure there's some that really enjoy it or, or, or feel protective of their culture and then they enjoy their culture in their own home or around other people who are from the same country. And, and it's an enjoyable thing to be experiencing the new culture and holding on to their own. But in some situations, I'm, I'm sure... Maybe the father, and I'm, I'm just assuming here, mm. but the father starts to feel like he's losing control of his family, and he takes that as as a personal an affront to him personally, and, and against his manhood and whatever else, whatever it is that happens, and uh, unfortunately thinks that the answer needs to be to take everybody out. Yeah, and that's what it sounds like is going on here to to a certain degree. Well, I think to a certain degree, maybe to a to the to a major degree, possibly. Think of the dynamics for a second. Like you and you and I, we both live like. I don't know, eight seconds from our mothers, right? I mean, they just seem to be always right there, very close. Mm -hmm. And the dynamic that that plays in your life, even, you know, you live your own life, you've got your own family, you do, you do whatever you do, and you get input from mother and father because they're 
logistically close, if nothing else. Imagine being this man, Devin, or this woman, Apu. Apu? No, Abu. Abu, Apu. Having the input come from another country where those people don't have context into your boring Tuesday and how life has evolved or anything. They just, they're giving you hard and fast facts about what you're not sticking to or, or how you're letting things slip. Sure. Um, good point that you made that, you know, he could be feeling like there's maybe a loss of grip on, on tradition. Uh, Abu wanted to and began celebrating Christmas, you know, which probably a big, big shocker to, Family, both across the pond and uh, you know locally. I'm sure. I'm sure little things like that would seem like huge things. And like you said, calling back home and getting advice and stuff, and the advice you're getting from back home is like, well, hit her over the back with a bamboo rod. Yeah, like I'm just in a lot of cases, you're you know. probably not too far off. And that's, I think, one of the things that we take for granted in a very westernized society is how, relatively speaking, equal the genders are. Yeah. I don't care. You can have problems. You can say you can take issue with X, Y, or Z, but it's hard to find a place where there is more equanimity between the this, the sexes. For sure. Anyways, and so want to hear this. Hear the rest of this call. Yeah. See how bad this sounds. Like it's going to be really bad. So they don't been in this new home only for four days when the call to nine one one was placed on that. Only four days? Yeah, they'd only been there for four days. So this neighbor that came out and, and came across the street and was helping, she thought they'd only been there two days. Oh, my God. But they'd actually been there for four days. So they had moved. And as surprising as it was to the neighbor to see them show up, Abu was also just as surprised because she just found out they're moving, you know, a couple days before that. So wow. everyone's sort of, uh, you know, a bit of a shock here. So, yeah, there's more calls. So let's uh, let's get into it. You uh, ready mm-hmm. for me to hit play? I am. Yep. Oh, hey, uh, before we start that call, hey, Luna, um, do you know what you have if you put an I in the word ads? AIDS. Yeah, you get AIDS. Let's not get AIDS. Let's get ads. Here comes one. You're the worst. Okay, here we (laughs) go. Come on, stay with me. You still here? For the gate, Yeah, come on, they're here. I hear them coming, you hear them? They're coming to help you. Come on. They're coming. I know, okay? Okay, what race is uh, uh, Indian. Indian male. I don't know if there's anybody in the house. I don't know if he shot himself. I okay. don't know what happened. I understand. I understand. This is just... Oh, boy. She's outside. They're outside. Outside words. You can't answer. I don't know if And how many do you have in your family total? There's three that I know of because they moved in and we met them the other day. And okay. A husband, wife, and a four and a half year old. Okay. Hold on one second. Okay. Are you here? Okay. Hang in. They're coming. I hear the sirens. They're coming. They're coming. Hang in there. We can do this. Come on. Hang in there. They're coming. Three units of just Okay. Okay. Hold on one second. I'm going to help you control the bleeding, okay? Okay. 
Okay. All right. If I need you to get a clean, dry cloth. Uh-oh. A clean, dry cloth. Yes. Uh-huh. I want to tell you how to stop the bleeding, okay? Okay. I don't know where it's coming from. Okay. So you can't find the uh, wound at all? No. If she's all covered, I don't see, like, an entrance or anything. Can you find the house? Or... Okay. Start the bedroom. Oh, no. Where did you get started? Um, Oh, on her hand, it looks like. Okay, all right. Okay, okay, good. Can you get something clean and dry? A cloth, a towel, and see our neighbor's getting something. Okay, great. And then you're going to press down firmly and do not lift it up to look, okay? It doesn't look like she's bleeding out anymore, but... Okay, okay, so it's going to all silent anymore. Where are they going? They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> I know. You're doing a wonderful job, okay? They're coming, okay? Yeah, help is on the way. Come on, they're coming. The help is coming, okay? I know. It hurts. It hurts. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Come on, lay in there. It's okay. I know. I hear you're getting closer. Oh. Okay. How is she doing? She's still moaning a little bit. Okay. You know, she's here, I think. Okay. Is the hand stopped bleeding? You're saying it's controlled? It, it looks like it's not bleeding anymore, but there's just so much blood. Okay. All right. Okay, we have every police officer that we have responding, okay? Fire department's coming, paramedics are coming, okay? So we're going to have to... Okay, so the fire department is staged on Garrity. I know you need them to come in, but they have to make sure that they're not going to get harmed too, okay? I know you don't. Are you in safe? Are you in a safe position, or what can well, I do with right you? outside their house. Their front door is open. I can see light in there, but I, I can't see anybody or anything. I don't want to go Okay. Front door to that house is open. The neighbor can't see any activity. There's music playing. I heard noise earlier. My dog was barking, but okay. I didn't know that's okay. what it was a shot. The first door to 4350 is open. The neighbor does not see any activity. Okay. They're coming. They're coming. Can we bring the victim to the fire guys? Uh, she's, she's not going to pick it up. Okay, she can't get up. Oh, no. Can they just come and get her real yeah. quick? Yep. Uh-huh. Hold on one second, okay? We're all in the area now. We're going to figure out what we're going to do, okay? Just stay with me. You're doing a really good I mean, job. Police, the fire guys, everybody, paramedics. Okay, are you still here? Okay. Okay, come on. Come on. Well, it's going in here. That's what it's still saying. Can we move her? Okay, everything's okay. Yeah, Just make sure that you're safe, okay? Well, that's why I don't know. I know. I he ran or... I know. Okay, yeah. Does she have her husband's name? Is she willing to give that to you? What's your husband's name? No, not talking. Okay. It's okay. it's okay. Come on, hang in there. The victim's just not talking. I yeah, can't get more info. It's, it's inaudible, that's all. I mean, she's trying. She uh, really is. Okay. The victim is not able to be understood. Uh, it's on Heaton. Yeah, 4350. See, we don't know where she's really shot, so I don't know if we move her if we're going to hurt her. Don't move her. Don't move her unless she's in danger, okay? And I know she could be in danger, but we're going to leave her right there for just a minute, okay? All right. And then you just keep your eyes on everything going around uh, the situation, okay? If you need to leave because you're in harm's way, I want you to do that, okay? Do you hear me? I don't want anybody else hurt, okay? Okay, I know. Okay. They're coming. I hear the fire. It's okay, honey. It's okay. It's okay. Let me see. Let me see. 
One thing that I think about when I when I listen to that last call, it's interesting because for so much of this call, I wasn't aware of the dispatcher. She was doing mm-hmm. a very good job. You know, she was sort of like there. She was part of it. She was part of the fabric of the call. Yeah. But she wasn't getting in the way, you know. Mm-hmm. It reminded me how good she was doing when she was so aware she's put herself in the position of this person that's calling in front of a house who says the husband just shot everybody, mm-hmm. and she's trying to help this woman. And the dispatcher says, look, if stuff goes down, I want you to leave. You got to leave. You just leave her and you go. What a hard decision and what a hard command to give someone else who's trying to help. But yeah. I was really impressed. I was like, she's she's there. She's in the moment, you know. I was impressed too. So? Hey. Do you- <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Amen. Okay. Right. Hey, do you guys use – Yards as a measurement in Canada? No, <laughs> you know we don't. We use we use the metric system. We use meters. Meters. There's like two yards in a meter, three and a half feet, and three and a half feet in a meter. It's a meter is a, a thousand mill, millimeters. Yeah, you guys have it's so perfect. Like it's just broken down into ones and hundreds and thousands, and it's so nice. You guys should start using it. Really, we should. Here's where you should start using it for genitalia size not for the women just for the guys for genitalia size because you can have a 100 millimeter long uh penis and that's just a four inch penis Dang. Right? You can, it's a hundred it's a hundred millimeters so if you gotta you know if you're not that well endowed start walking around saying what you got in millimeters maybe not add on the millimeters part though because millimeters doesn't sound very big so well yeah I don't know. I mean, if it's a significant, what are you packing? Uh, would you say? Would you say in millimeters? Wh- how, a thousand <laughs> millimeters is how long? Uh-huh. <laughs> a hundred millimeters is four inches. Hundred millimeters is four inches. Okay, I'll tell you. I'm somewhere between ten millimeters and a thousand millimeters. <laughs> so I'm either I'm either hung like a tuna yeah. can, or. <laughs> Hung like a bull field mouse. I, but, you know, I, yeah. I'll leave that to, to you, for you to find out. What? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'd love to find out. Oh I figured you just all smooth down there. <laughs> just smooth. Well, I am the operator and, you know, I'm indes- indescribable in so many ways. It's, I'm kind of like a Ken doll down there, just smooth, except for I've, my skin is riveted. Like it looks like I have underwear on, but I don't. It's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. And the rivets are just bands of hair for some reason. And the rest is 
so smooth. And similar to a Ken doll. Weird. My knees also click forward, one awkward click forward, like they're disjointed, like Ken's knees did. Yeah. Did you ever like, bend the Ken doll or Barbie doll knees? I didn't have a Ken doll. I didn't have a Ken doll myself. Uh, my, Not that I have anything against little boys having Ken dolls, but you had a Ken doll? <laughs> no, my sisters had Barbies and stuff, though, so I'm always like, oh, I see. grab their legs and like, click, 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 click. Yeah, and they, they, they ratcheted. Like, they could, you could click them into different positions, but I always noticed that they click forward, one awkward break, like an, a bad MMA break forward, one click. Right. I don't know why they did that. It's weird engineering. But anyway, I digress. Okay, so you guys use the you guys use the meter. Okay, now look at your shirt. Mm-hmm. Okay, and try okay. to measure around your torso, and tell me how much fabric you think lengthwise you think it took to make your shirt. How much fabric? Well, I'm a pretty big guy. Eh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what nipple to nipple? No, just like like how much fabric is on your shirt? Like if you had to go and buy, if you had to. Go to a fabric store and buy enough fabric to make that shirt. How how much fabric would you buy? I don't know, man. Like a meter, a square meter. I'm bad at this kind of thing. Okay, you're, sure. you're probably not well, too far off. Meter. Yeah, but, you know, three by three, three foot by three foot. Stop something looking at like me that. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought we had a moment. Okay, here's a question for you: How many meters of fabric do you think go into a traditional sari? The traditional clothing of many Indian women. I don't know. I've never thought about it for like a second in my life. I don't know. Just tell me. In meters, 8.22, 29 feet. They can be as long as 29 feet. Wow, that's a lot. They're really wrapped up in those things. They really, yeah, there's a lot to that. There's a lot. I mean, now they also come shorter. It's not like standard 29 feet and you lose your little tiny daughter in a, you know, sari or something like that. So there's different sizes, but they can be, you know, traditional ones can be up to 29 feet. Naturally, there's a lot of variations for tra- traditional Indian clothing for women, though. And in the north and the east, saris are worn with chali tops or a long skirt called a lehenga or a pavada worn with a chali top and a dupada scarf to create an ensemble <laughs> called a gagra chali. Okay. <laughs> Holy, where is this going? Now that we have... <laughs> Our fashion tips out of the way. I was just trying to give you so much. I was seeing how quickly I could get your eyes to glaze over, a la Shakespeare. Right. You're there? I was, I was, uh, unfortunately, I was kind of interested. <laughs> <laughs> now, now they're here, okay. but I was a little interested. Right. Well, we got our fashion tips out of the way. So it might help mm-hmm. inform us as to why Cheryl, in this case, was struggling with identifying where Abba Apu was wounded. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not exactly clear or definitive that Abba Apu was wearing traditional Indian clothing, but seeing as how if she was wearing some, like, Forever 11 teen top and a pair of, like, Calvin Klein mom jeans, you'd be able to see the holes pretty easily, I think, you know. But Cheryl couldn't tell. Abba Apu had been shot six times in the abdomen and once in the arm. Hmm. So it's understandable that these wounds might have gone unnoticed if she was wearing some of the traditional attire. And her laying there, they would have had literally had to unroll her like a Persian rug. Or, to be colloquially correct, like a modern-day Iranian rug. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is some strange research you've had to do for this. Yeah. It all feels very foreign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guess what? Abba Apu survived. She survived. Oh, good. Good, 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 good. But only feet away in her home, her children lay dead from gunshot wounds. Also, okay. Devin had killed his wife's brother, Ashakan Apu, Putum Kandi, 
age 35, his sister-in-law, Suchitra Sivaraman, age 25, and the couple's 11-month-old daughter, Ahana Ashok. Okay. Well, uh, thanks, thanks for giving us the good news first. Yeah. Thought I'd roll right into that sucker punch. Abba's brother, Putum Candy, was in the U.S. on a temporary assignment for HP's division out of Bangalore. So he wasn't even like there for very long. They were like sort of on vacay, you know, like, hey, come over for dinner. So mm-hmm. that's five people that Devin killed with two forty-five caliber handguns. They were all found lying in the kitchen, and Devin was found lying dead upstairs from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So Abba was taken mm-hmm. to the hospital, thanks in large part to the quick response of Cheryl's 911 call. She spent 15 days in a coma. She had five surgeries to date to repair the damage to her internal organs from all the gunshot wounds that she took uh, to her abdomen and to her arm. She says that her hand still tingles and aches nonstop from this. Okay. So it's wow. now hey, no. Can I, I can yeah, ask yeah. you a quick question? Can I, can I, just because the way I pictured it in my mind, did he line them all up? In the kitchen, like side by side, like even when you see like a cult death or something like that. Do you know if he lined them all up neatly before he went upstairs or were they just laying around? They were laying around. They were laying around in this case, yeah. Oh, you mean like line them up post-mortem or like line them up to shoot them? Post-mortem, like after he had shot them, did he he neatly stack them like in a a row together in in the kitchen? No. I don't know why that's how I pictured that. Yeah, (laughs) in my mind because, yeah, I mean just a guy that's a fastidious kind of perfectionist, you'd think maybe he would – in you know the heat of all of his manicness, he would do something like that. But no, I, they were actually kind of scattered willy-nilly. Dead where they laid? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, so it's now known that five days before he went on his killing spree, 42-year-old Devin Calathot had sent checks totaling $500,000 to his five siblings in India. And when Abba has the strength, she says she hopes to recover that money with legal help. I kind of honestly struggle with this part. If I were the recipient of a hundred grand from my brother just days before he shot his whole friggin' family and his wife survived, I'd be like really mm. quick to give that money to back to her. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Mm. Maybe there's more to the story, but I don't see how you could really justify keeping the money sent to you from a deranged person instead of giving it back to their wife and the victim. I don't know. I hear you. I feel the same way. Again, uh, this this is such dicey territory, but I'm just going to say the truth the way I see it. I mean, the people that I've met from countries where there's an overpopulation problem, Mm. what I've noticed is is like there's there's a bit – it's kind of an every man for themselves mentality more so than it is, say, in Canada. Um, And – that's all I want to say about that. I think in vi- – well, okay. I think you're onto something from this standpoint that look at every large metropolitan area or every extremely populous country. So mm-hmm. India, China, and then you got cities like New York, Los Angeles, You know, places that are just rife with people. Sure. The individual is lost in the whole shuffle, right? You 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 become just yep. another face, and and actually, a lot of the people prefer that. You know, they're like, I don't want to be noticed in this giant crowd of people. So I could see I could see something what you're saying that there, it becomes kind of dog eat dog to to a certain degree. Yeah, I just noticed you know there, a lot of these scams that happen, like the phone call scams and the and, you know mm. over the internet trying to trying to trick you into stuff, and you're on the phone. A lot of them, a lot of them, you know, they have. Uh, like an Indian accent. They originate from India, yeah. Right. 
and you chalk, I've always chalked it up to like, well, there's so many people there, like they're fighting for, you know, every dollar that they can get, they're scrounging for it. I almost feel sorry for them when I get those kind of calls, right? You almost want to give them some advice. Yeah. <laughs> but what advice could you possibly give somebody in a completely different environment that you have any experience with? It, I mean, there are just so many elements to some other cultures that are so foreign to us. It's hard to know, like, where do we even start? I worked for uh, – I was actually uh, worked in the as – a, as an engineer at HP – at one point, and they have they have mm-hmm. places all over the world, and that was one of the most challenging things. Is when they opened up a new country or wanted to put a new center somewhere, is just the actual assimilation of the company into that new culture is very challenging. Very challenging. Lots of moving parts. Lots of things that we would be shocked at. Like dad goes to work at a call center, and young nine year old son goes out and sits on the street and sells leaves of a fruit. You know, alone. Like four miles from the house, yep. you know, in the middle of downtown, you know. Oh, for sure. There's so, so many, so many crazy things. I was at a like a with this trucking company, and a couple of guys from India or Pakistan. You know, I, I'm ignorant. Um, they're they're different places, I guess, but they are. I just they looked are. them up. They are because yeah. I screwed up earlier. But they're in Asia. But, um, you could just say Asian country, right? But they they come over and they're so dedicated to making money and so dedicated to just working as long of hours as they possibly can that some of these guys were cutting holes in their seats and just taking dumps onto the road as they wow. drove. Like you, you go check the truck out after they've been done with it for they had it for like a year or something and they they cut holes in the seats and were had buckets or cut right down to so it would go right out onto the road and stuff. Wow, that's dedication, guy. Yeah, well, the, the evident the the. The evidence of opportunity, you know, is presented to them so much more clearly than potentially in their own country. That yes, you know, there, there's a lot of motivation. Definitely. I one last thing. I worked with a guy from Iran, from Iran, and uh, we we refinished uh, hardwood floors together. And when I was going off to school, and I remember him dropping me off at this bus station after I'd worked with him the whole summer, and he said to me the one thing he said to me the one piece of, of advice was be human. Mm. That's what he told me. Mm. And I, I kind of struggled with it for a long time, like what he meant. But he was coming from a really difficult situation where he was. And his one advi- advice thing, thing to me was just to be human. And I've always struggled with what he meant by that. But I, I, have, a, I have a pretty good idea these days. I think he just meant tap into what it means to be a human being and recognize that everyone around you is human as well. And just be good to people. I, that's basically what I took from yeah. Because he was like that with me. I don't think anyone in the in their right mind wakes up and says, "I just want people to not be good to me." You know, everyone wants to be yeah. treated good. Some people may may opt not want to be treated at all. You know, like just leave me alone. That's something. But I've always like gravitated to smaller towns. Even when I lived in bigger cities and stuff, I ended up wanting to be in a smaller town. I love you know. People wave to each other. People say hi, even through a mask. People say hi. You know, uh, there's there's mm-hmm. there's a there's some barrier that's not there, and I always struggled like going to a big city and being in a taxi cab and the taxi driver just might as well not be there because like there's zero interaction. It always felt weird. Not that I wanted the interaction necessarily, but just I noticed the void. That it wasn't there, you know. Yeah, weird. 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 There's another piece of advice too. <laughs> uh, treat everybody like like they're special, not because they necessarily are, but because you are. Oh, wow. That was another thing that he would talk about. Treat everybody like they're special, not because they are, but because you are. And be human. Wow, that's deep too. I mean, 
that means you actually yeah he was a smart guy that one means something because in order to actually do that you have to be able to establish your own value which a lot of people yeah. struggle with a lot of people right. uh, zero themselves out feel that they don't have the value that that they really do yeah we are all beautiful snowflakes all right well um so an autopsy actually was performed on devin <laughs> Roll right into it. Bam. Back into the story. <laughs> from nuggets, uh, from chicken soup for the soul to let's cut into this guy's head. <laughs> Deranged killer. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, but an autopsy was done on Devin after the incident and a tumor was found to be growing at the base of his skull. Now, it's not known if this tumor could have contributed to the snap bloodbath that he committed, but it might have been an influencing factor. The incident that happened... I'm sure it was. Yeah, it very well could have been. Upon reflection at the time of the incident, Abba actually said he had no emotion, like a robot. I kept thinking, no one knows where I'm living now. How can I reach my parents and tell them? Like, Remember, she just uprooted her life and moved to a new house, and then all hell breaks loose. No one knows where she's living. You know? Yeah, yeah. And she's with this robotic, robotic man. That's scary as hell, man. Hey, I mean, if the tumor, uh, it, it couldn't have helped. I think it was a contributing factor. Interestingly, you know, it's uh, outside of California, I, a lot of people kind of don't understand how big or small cities within California is. It just seems like California is all cat, just mm -hmm. California. I don't know. It's something in California. It must be big. But Santa Clara is right. not. Uh, the biggest city, and actually this ranks up there with one of the worst cases to date in Santa Clara. So, crazy. Wow. It's pretty bad, man. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty bad. Yeah, this is rough. This is rough. So, months later, within days of the first Christmas that Abba was going to spend alone, she actually rejoined with Cheryl. They had a very emotional time together, hugged each other. And had a moment to chat um, with who she now says is her angel. Uh, interesting thing that Cheryl said uh, in an interview uh, pri just prior to meeting Abba again. Uh, she was nervous. And uh, this, this, is a, this is a very unique perspective. She worried that Abba might not be grateful to be alive. Mm -hmm. And I was trying. I was trying to figure out what angle she's coming at to have that perspective. Like, why would someone not want to be alive? But Cheryl has kids that are very similar ages, uh. and I think for Cheryl, her the way she translated that experience is: I don't want to be here if the love of my life and and the joy of of my life is. I'm bereft of that. I don't want to be here. And so it was interesting that she had that perspective that she was struggling with whether or not she had done a good thing in helping Abba mm -hmm. survive this tragedy. I see. Very interesting. Very interesting. And I think we've said enough on that one. Yeah, I think so. You want a, want a happy ending, buddy? <laughs> I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. Right. I'd offer you one, but you don't have anything to end you with. Smooth as driven snow. Do you want me to tug on your fur? Bang my head into it a bit. The, the seams will unravel. Let's avoid it. Okay, hey, I got a question for you before the, this happy ending. What is your most embarrassing moment in someone else's home while visiting? While you're thinking about it, though, I'll tell you mine. Okay, good. So when I was about eight, 
We lived near this family with a bunch of kids, like so many kids that the place seemed like a soup kitchen most of the time. All right. So this one day I was catching bugs behind their house in a field and I noticed that their back sliding door was open. So I went over Mm. and I peeked my head in and I yelled, anybody home? And there was no answer. So I just stepped in, right? Uh, I remember a few days before that the kid's mom had given us all a few ginger snap cookies from this giant bag, and it was in a cupboard above their stove. And I thought, <laughs> what's a few cookies out of a whole giant bag? Man, you talked so strange when you were a kid. You sound, <laughs> sound like Kermit the Frog a little bit. <laughs> Hey, I'm proud of myself. Do you want to know why? I just went through a whole episode where we talked about people from India, and I didn't use an accent once. I'm happy that you didn't do that. I mean, I think that we covered – I think we got ourselves in enough trouble without it. But I wanted the audience to decide for themselves whether or not I could pull one off. So mm, I know you, I'm certain that you can, but I'd rather <laughs> just to keep on moving here. I want to hear this okay, story. All right. So, yeah. So I remember that there's this giant bag of cookies and I'm like, hey, what's a couple, right? So I went in and I climbed up on the counter and I had the bag in my hands when the inside door that led out to their garage opened right in front of me and in walked their dad. He saw me immediately, and I looked at him for, it seemed like, like 400 seconds. And then I said, like some eight-year-old neighborhood security officer, I noticed your back door was open, so I was just checking to make sure everything was okay in here. <laughs> he, he said to me. That's quick thinking. He says, are my cookies Okay. <laughs> He's all over you. You're so busted, man. And I said, yep, they're all here. (laughs) He just stood there. I climbed off the counter, and I walked to the steel open door that I didn't even shut. And I said, I said this. I said, you take care of yourself. I'd lock this door if I were you. (laughs) And we never spoke of that experience again. Oh, Dude, if that was me, if I was that dad, oh, and you said that to me as you're walking, I'd be like, hey, come, come here for a sec. C- get back here. I'd be like, here, take like 15 cookies. That was hilarious. That was really funny. Get the hell out of here. That's my only time in life where I actually qualified as breaking and entering, I guess. Yeah, you did. I was an idiot. You were an idiot. I got a quick one for you. Um I was over, so my fiance had, when we first moved out here, she had uh, like there was like a little dinner at a friend of ours' house, and so the employees of her new job were there, fellow employees, and then her boss, her big boss, came from Wisconsin, and he was there. He was like this big guy, you know, like man's man, dude. Yeah. So I'm at the table, and I'm, I don't know if you've never been with me in a, in a social situation, but I'm, I'm pretty like I break the ice in funny ways. Like I, I'm, I'm out there. <laughs> like I, I'll really. Break the ice, you know, like I'll break it right over your head. I'll break it right over my own head. I'll fall right through the ice. You'll jump out the window onto the moving van. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's it's something to see, and it gets pretty uncomfortable sometimes. So, anyways, I'm kind of getting along with this guy, and I'm having some drinks, and somebody mentions comments on the fact that him and I are getting along so well, and I, and I laugh, and I'm like, yeah, uh, I won't say his name, and I'm like. Whoa. What do you think about going upstairs and taking a bath together, big guy? Right? And he just looks at me. The, the whole table comes to a, like a screeching halt, you know, like 
record scratch. And uh, that was about it. I was just like, I'm just dropping. Fucking screwing around, man. Like, whatever. He, he was, I don't know if it was, it was, it was, it was very uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. And that, that was the most, that was the most embarrassing moment, I think. Even though I wasn't even that embarrassed, but I, I think I embarrassed my, uh, my girl. Yeah. A little bit there. I'll be- <laughs> yeah. And the guy, actually, that guy was probably caught. It was like a catch 22 because he's like, maybe I should call this guy later. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to pick you up. Were, did were, okay? You get a note in your front door like a couple days later, and he's like, "Jack, do you like me or do you like yeah. like me?" Check a box. <laughs> yeah, there's a picture of him in in, in a tub full of cheese because he's from Wisconsin, <laughs> along with the note. <laughs> yeah, it was just I'm used to people laughing at jokes like that, right? But nobody laughed because he didn't laugh. That was the problem. Oh, they wanted to laugh. Yeah, I like to think they wanted to laugh because I just said I was going to take this guy upstairs and have a bath with him, right? Like this guy who's like a real man, and he was not. He didn't seem happy about it. Anyway, well, I would have taken a bath with right. you in cheddar. <laughs> All right, anyway, I've got a happy ending from a boy with a quickly rising emergency. Are you uh, ready for me to hit play? Yeah, sure. Yep. All right, here we go. Harrison County, 911, where's your emergency? Um, can you please contact my mom because um, the toilet's broken and it's literally bloody. It's leaking out everywhere. Where and is I'm it? Okay, slow down, slow down, slow down. It's a, like flooding. It's literally water coming out. Where is it coming from? And also the toilet seat. It's all the water's rich. It was rose all the way to the top, but I can't do I'll see. Okay, slow down. Where is the water coming from? Hold on, let me see if it's leaking out. Oh. Oh. I'm fine. Okay, it's fine, though. Thank you. Bye bye. I love Beth. That <sighs> it, that was solid. That was solid. That, oh, I loved it. That, I loved how she handled it too. For a minute there, I was like, oh no, now the kid thinks he's in trouble. trouble. Two for calling nine one one as well. Yeah. Like it's a real mess here. It's yeah. a real mess, man. I've I've had that panic before, you know. Uh, and I think when the, you clogged the toilet. <laughs> well, that, I think that might have been the reason why I ended up asking you that question originally. Was I? I might have done something like that at, at a stranger's house before and been like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh my gosh, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, God. You know, and you end up sticking, I don't know, have you ever done this where like there's no plunger, so you just stick your hand in there yes. and try to plunge the hole? Waka, waka, waka. I, I, you're going you're gonna to think that I was going to be freaked out by what you just said there, but I did it yesterday. Not for my own, not for my own feces, but my son. So like, this is really crazy. So my son's like, uh, dad, I got something. Oh, I got something to tell you. Oh, just like this kid got, I'm like, what? I go back and shows me and I'm like, oh, whatever. And I can see there's, there's, there's like a, I don't know how he got it out. You know, it was like a it was so, like a tube of crescent dough. 
Yeah. A tube Not of even cookie that. dough? It was more like, it was more like a pizza dough. Oh. <laughs> like it was round. Anyways, it was like someone put it like a five pin bowling ball in, in the toilet. <laughs> So he's standing there all day, kind of. So I wanted to make him laugh, so I just reached in and I friggin' mushed it up with my hand and I flushed it. Like, there you go, no problem. He's like, oh my God. I just, just washed my hand off. Like, whatever. We're good. No biggie. That's uh, all you got to do. The things we do as parents. So the, 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 many, the number of times I've been walking in somewhere where I cannot have a stain on my shirt and I see some like shiny. A mystery stain on my shoulder, and I just like lean over and lick it off, you know, to like. Mm, eh, eh, eh. It probably helps my immune system. Okay, we're good. Let's go. Oh my gosh! Anyway, good stuff. All right. Well, I'm glad we both plunged toilets that way. I feel I feel like uh, improved camaraderie with you a little. Yeah, we should stop doing that though. Don't let's yeah, let's let's just have plungers. Let's get plungers. How about that? <laughs> When we get when we get paid, when we can start paying the bills, let's get we'll get mm-hmm. plungers. Okay, sounds good. All right, deal, deal. Love you. Love you too. Hugs. There are so many places where you guys are showing up, and so many faces that we want to thank for helping us to make this crazy show and all the shows that we make at Eleven Fifty Nine Media possible. There's constantly something happening on our Facebook pages and groups that makes us laugh. Then there's the P.O. box that is filling up with all your awards and Patreon. More than 1,500 of you crazy beautiful people have found it in your heart or maybe your couch cushions to support us so we can pay the bills. We couldn't do this without you. Thanks so many times to you. So much hugs.